What's up? Welcome to a new episode of Movie Schmovie. This is episode number 341. My name is Steve, I'm one of the co-hosts. And as always, I'm joined by... Rock. And John. <laughs> that is accurate. That so, is Ron and John. Yes. So oh, 341. 341. Does that number mean anything to to you guys? Because it means something to me. You know. Oh, what does it mean? We promised uh, at episode 175. We promised that we were halfway. Or Ronald, you suggested that we were halfway done with the show at that point. And that means 350. That's the last episode of the show. That means we have to stop at 350 because Ronald said we we're oh. halfway there at 175. Got, yeah, we've got a couple left, so we got to. Why sure did I say? So, so this is this is the countdown. Day. This is the countdown. I think at, at when we did episode 175, it sounded like a promise that, or, or just sort of a, a number that we could never get to. So it sounded so far away to right, say, right, "Oh, yeah. we're only halfway there. We're going to do 350." But then what happened was yeah. when you said that, and people don't know this, that the podcaster's creed is that once you've posted it, it's the truth. Yeah. So, yeah. so now th this is it. This is th we, this is like a countdown. We've got ten more episodes <laughs> of Movie Schmovie left. Let's make Damn, it just guys. like that, man. And I don't yeah, know if we work. try to keep podcasting after that. If like somehow we break a podcast promise, I don't know what happens to us. Like if we turn into pure audio or something like that um, as a punishment. But you know, I guess we'll just have to sure. see. We've got to have some sort of out. You know what I mean? Like there's always a way. Every, I mean, we can every, go into the multiverse. Good, every good franchise has been like, this is the end of the saga, the end of the right. Jurassic saga. I mean, yeah. I, I kind of compare us to the Jurassic Park franchise. I always think of us as, yeah, yes. it's, yeah. It's, it's the one that we have the most in common with. Sure. Um, you know, and that's uh, what they're saying for this summer. But yeah, I'm sure we'll get plenty more Jurassic. And, um, you know, yeah, <laughs> I think the character from Black Phone is going to come and get us if we do more episodes by the way they're gonna call him black phone you know that right you know that that's gonna be his name i, I it's i think it's so funny that they didn't name it anything else because that's gonna be his name but but ronald you're the character is actually dr willikers mcgillicuddy and you're saying that people are gonna know him as black phone they're gonna call him black phone just okay. like i heard somebody call malignant malignant you know it's like <laughs> malignant <laughs> malignant <laughs> But anyway, yeah. Well, yeah what's been going on? With it? I was just going to say, if anybody uh, out there is a sorcerer that knows how to get you out of a podcast promise, uh, maybe mm. maybe let us know. Because you're right, Steve. There might be some way out. I was also thinking in the more grounded sense, in kind of a Walter White sense of like being up against the wall and thinking your way out. Maybe we can figure out a way to find some loophole to keep podcasting. Yeah. But anyway, like don't mean to be a downer, but it's you know this is the uh, this the countdown begins. Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, man okay cool coming out of memorial day weekend we, we mentioned last episode how there's gonna be a lot of stuff that uh we didn't record last week going into the holiday weekend that we all this new you know entertainment to watch that we wouldn't have seen in time for that episode had we made 341 last week but now that we've yeah. made it this week i think all the things we've mentioned we can now talk about and that's stuff like stranger things like top gun maverick like uh, an early look at the boys on Amazon that we got access to, and not to mention Obi-Wan Kenobi on Disney+. Plus. So amongst the three of us, we pretty much have all those topics covered in some combination uh, of, you know, one, two, or three of us having seen each one. But to start with, just because I think because, you know, the box office is something we talk about a lot on the podcast, quote-unquote, getting back to normal, whatever you want to say. Um, but a movie came out this weekend, Top Gun Maverick, Tom Cruise, 
Joe Kaczynski is directing, directing it this time. Um, that is one of the most, you know, well, it is the largest Memorial Day opening weekend ever, um, which is just completely bonkers to me that the movie overperformed by that much, which I'm so happy to hear because I've heard it's great. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it. John, you're going to talk about it in a moment. But the big thing that I was looking at with this movie is that like this whole pandemic era, it's like the one that was still hanging on to come out. Yeah. It's the one that was delayed over two years. Uh, and, you know, and Paramount was so confident in this movie even when they were being courted by Netflix, by Apple TV Plus, multiple studio, I think even Amazon, um, trying to buy this movie for reportedly over $200 million uh, at the time to put on a streaming service. And they just completely said no. Tom Cruise was like, no, it's not going there. It's We'll, we'll wait until we have to wait. And, um, you know, to see it come out on a holiday weekend, two years later, two plus years later, you know, multiple delays. And not only does the box office <gasps> success, but just the amount of people that I know that have seen this movie that haven't been back to the theater in a while, that don't go very often to begin with, but that mm. this was, it, this was, it seems like a movie, maybe even more so in some ways than Doctor Strange was, that got people to go back to see a movie. And I mean, it's crazy that this is a movie 35 plus years, a sequel, you know, late to the original. And, you know, the biggest opening of Tom Cruise's career was, you know, his entire career. I just think all of these bullet points that I've been seeing across, you know, Twitter, all the different blogs that I follow, there's so many ways to talk about the success that this movie experienced this past weekend. I just don't even like know where to start because it's all positive in my eyes. And, you know, I'm a huge Tom Cruise fan. I really like Top Gun. I can't wait to see this one. But I just think, you know, we love the movie experience. We love protecting this theatrical release in some way. And as of now, reportedly, this is going to be one of the ones that still has like the 120 day window or 100 plus window. I don't know if that'll stay, but I mean, that's what it's supposed to be at this point. What do you guys take away from beyond beyond the, the movie you saw, John, but just the success, the, the things I just explained about this kind of being one of the last remnants of these movies that were like held for theatrical or didn't find a streaming thing that, you know, because they were waiting what stands out to you both, like about the success that this movie had this past weekend? Um, I guess the first thing I think is it's a it's a victory. You know, I think that it could be two things at once, right? Um, we aren't out of the pandemic, but we can function during the pandemic, and I think that's that's what people didn't want to hear. You know, that's I mean, it's 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 of all the things to hear that you couldn't do the things that you wanted to do while COVID was present is something that I think that people didn't want to hear and they're going to do whatever they want to do. But there's this idea now that people can live and also be safe along the way, which is a great, great idea. I wish that there was more education around COVID and, you know, how to prevent it and things like that and masking, but you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. We're, that's a little more complicated. That's like a general doling out of information that that should be done. And it should be done in the future for everything else. But this movie is a huge win because it feels like, you know, people keep saying post pre pandemic, we're still in it and it, it can win. And I love the idea that movies can still win in a pandemic. You could still go see a movie, be safe, you know, and feel good about a movie yeah. and enjoy it. And it, it's like, you're right. That's that's what it means to me. It's 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 not that a pandemic's over because I hate that people keep saying that 
because my cousin just got it, got, you know, got super sick. He losing his senses and feeling kind of weird, you know. Wow. So it's very real and present. But it's nice to know that people can still go see movies and it won't feel like, oh, God. You know, it feels it used to feel dirty for a little bit, didn't it? It, you know, it, it felt dirty. It felt like you're going to the movies. Steve, I don't know what's wrong with you. You know what I mean? It's, it's like you're like questioning people's whole lives. Yeah, now when you yeah, tell yeah. either one of you tell me that you're going to the movies, I know you're being safe. I know you're distancing. I know you're, you know, that makes me feel so good. Yeah. Um, that there's a version of going to the movies that feels like that. So that it's more of a I mean, and hearing Tom Cruise, this is the last thing I'll say. Hearing Tom Cruise yell at people on the set of Mission Impossible is what I want. I think that people should get yelled at. I think you should teach people that this is very serious. You know, people are going home to kids. People have shit going on. It becomes very serious when you're dealing with, you know, if just you got, you know, if I if, if I got COVID, I'd be like, okay, I got COVID. But if my daughter got COVID, I'd be much more concerned. And right. there has to be oh, some totally. seriousness surrounding it. So I get why Tom was so crazy. And he should be vigilant forever, you know, about everything, about safety, about disease. But it is a victory. That's all I want to say. It's a it's a big victory. Well, I don't know that the the movie theaters out there would feel as as safe and distanced as what you're hoping for. I feel like people have when I went to see this movie, it was one of the first times where I was like, oh, now that the theaters have oh, no. have lifted the restriction, nobody's doing anything. Um, mm. So I would I would I would say it's not it's not that pretty out there however mm. um i do think there's a big thing to say about what kind of movie is going to get people out and i think that's yeah, the main yeah. thing i took away was just it's yeah. been a while since we've had this type of kind of four quadrant movie you know yeah, like totally. yeah and i think there's a lot of association with top gun and i think there's a lot of association maybe with tom cruise which could be positive or negative or and there's some association with just getting out to the theaters again um but it's kind of like that you know that consort consort i was trying to mix the word concert and tour and i came up with consort <laughs> uh, but it's kind of like that tour that comes through and you hear someone say oh i'm going to see so and so and it's like oh wow that's the first time i've heard this person say they're going to some big yeah. event right, so right. I, I think there is something about this movie that that energized people and you know if you read a lot of the reviews like you might even say like the critical response to this was sort of more positive than you might have expected especially given the fact yeah. that the first top gun wasn't really like a critic's darling and if you look at those reviews, there's like a generally positive attitude. Even even within those reviews, critics are saying, "Oh, this is exactly what you think it is." It's like it's kind of a one to one ratio. If you if if you if you thought Top Gun was bombastic and over patriotic or whatever and kind of cheesy, you're going to think that yeah. about this. But it's still even some of those critics, you can say, you notice that there's like this tendency to there's like something about the Tom Cruise star power or something. There's something that people are fascinated with about this. Yeah. And I think that, I don't know, I just think overall all those things work together to make people curious about this movie in a way that I don't think it's really true to say people are normally only curious about big franchise movies or IP or whatever. But I do think yeah. the landscape can look pretty can look pretty swamped by IP. So the fact that a Top Gun sequel somehow seems like this, uh, this like wild... Uh, 
you know, what's what wild card or like this black horse or something riding up, uh, dark horse. That's what I'm looking for. Um, it, it, it's a strange thing that that's the way we talk about movies now is that a big Tom Cruise no, kind of nostalgia driven sequel yeah. is sort of like, look at this, look at this underdog <laughs> that came in yeah. swinging simply because, as you said, Steve, they did keep it off the schedule for so long. And it is like, are, are people going to get past their feelings about whatever's going on in the world and enjoy a movie that's kind of a, has kind of a rah rah, military kind of feel to it. I don't know. I, I find all of that really interesting. And I think that the whole thing about whatever your relationship to Top Gun is, is probably going to be your relationship to this. And somehow they mm. made a movie, and I haven't seen it, it's like somehow they made a movie that if you're sincerely excited about Top Gun, you can get everything you want out of this movie. And if you think Top Gun is almost a cam- it's almost like a campy holdover from that 80s, just that Bruckheimer right. style, right. Uh, it, you can watch it almost in that sense too and this sequel sort of it does a very similar thing it almost seems like it knows that the movie has two different kinds of fame and that all that you really want from this if you're a fan of it or if you're looking forward to it is you need to see tom cruise like riding his motorcycle at golden hour with aviator shades on and you need to see a bunch of people playing some contact sport on the beach and all these muscular bodies slamming together and i think sometimes how much you love this movie is probably going to depend on how much you're enjoying the member berries part of it but the thing that is working i think unquestionably on people that i've talked to that have seen it even people that i know that that literally went to it to to sort of have like a a mystery science theater 3000 night with their friends of like this is a campy big movie people are excited about a movie like this and there are a couple of emotional moments that really worked on me even as someone who was sitting there almost more analyzing it when i was watching it rather than being swept away by it but you just don't see i mean i saw it on the biggest screen i could find and it's real jets zipping around and it's actors inside jets wherever they can do it so there's there's something tactile about this movie and i think that might be the other piece to the why why are people excited about it you know there is something you know that tom cruise went to some effort to make it uh you know immersive in that sense that that's yeah Maybe that's his yeah. fetish that we're going to one day talk about as the thing that killed him. But if you're going to criticize this movie for being kind of macho and jingoistic and rah-rah, it's like, well, at least you have someone who's actually the embodiment of those things yeah. kind of yeah, at yeah. the core of it. A guy who really does want to like impress you so – he wants – Tom Cruise wants to impress you so badly. Um, and that, that he was serious maybe about keeping it out of theaters. And I mean, I do believe that maybe believing in this movie in that way is probably part of the hype around it is that whether, whether I think necessarily the world, it's still a little creepy when you go into a place and there's nobody masked and there's nobody distanced, at least to me, I'm like, I'm not sure how ready I am for this. But I do think this is the kind of communal experience that you look around in the crowd and it's like, oh, people of all ages are here. Um, and everyone seems to be getting into it. Uh, like yeah, I said, yeah. whether they're there to kind of laugh at it or to get into it for real, there's some moments that you can't help but, almost like a ride at a, a, an amusement park, you can't help but have a visceral reaction to some of this stuff. And there's at least two points that really got me uh, emotionally. So, you know, once you guys have seen it, we can talk about more specifics of the cool. plot and that kind of thing. I will say there's the one, the sort of silliness that you're going to have to get over. If you, if you want to have a character... <laughs> who is like related to another character from the from the previous movie and you're like how do you know that they're related to the previous character give them the same facial hair and basically the same haircut and and have them basically do a couple of the same things that that character did in the first movie as a way of saying like uh, right, oh right, look right, it's right. that person's uh, you know relative but that that kind of thing i think for people that love top gun i feel like this movie like steve knowing how you are yeah. with tom cruise and top gun 
I, I think you're going to go through the roof for this movie. And, and actually, a, a very funny thing happened in my head. There were moments where I was watching it thinking about how, like, Tom Cruise seems really happy to be here in this movie and really happy to be, like, just putting his Tom Cruise-ness into this thing. And then I thought, well, you know what? I'm kind of picturing how excited Steve would be if he was in <laughs> Top Gun. And so then at any point that I started to get a little bit maybe, like, out of the movie or kind of thinking about it more than, you know, because a lot of times military imagery, I think a lot about, like, the spending and the kind of what are we glorifying yeah. here. I kept yeah. thinking like, oh, what if that was Steve? And it, it made me enjoy the movie if I pictured Steve as Maverick. So I don't know if maybe Man. some kind of facial uh, like replacement, you know, yeah, uh, somebody should, it. we should run a filter and put you into this movie. I think I would yeah, like I'm, it even I'm more. For it, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited about seeing uh, Jay Ellis and uh, Bashir, uh, Salah, Um I'm, he's, he's writes. Uh, he's a kind of big guy, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. He, no, he he's he's great. He like, has a variety show, but he's like a quiet. Really he has like a quiet presence in this movie that you really, I don't know. It's one of those characters that you start to feel towards the end, and you realize, oh wow, you know, like I don't know, it, a very quiet role. I mean, it's all about that Tom Cruise. Like he's got, you know, he's hiding all this gray. Um, he's mm. he's grinning like a maniac. He's like coming in and like he somehow has still found a way. Like I don't know how he did it, but he's got John Hamm in this movie as his superior. I wanted to see John and, Hamm so bad. How but, is but, he? But, but he pl well, it's funny. John Hamm, John Hamm is kind of playing like the heavy of this. You know, the guy who doesn't okay. believe in Maverick. I'm good with that. But what's funny about it is it means Tom Cruise is playing opposite John Hamm and he's playing the boyish underdog to Tom yeah. John Hamm. I don't know. This is sort of funny that like that, that Tom Cruise can even try to do that at this age yeah. and at this point in his career is a testament to maybe like his charisma or whatever that star quality is that people love about him. But if again, I stress if you if you are a Tom Cruise hater and you like to watch his movies to to laugh at them, I think this movie gives you everything you want too because he's so Tom Cruise. I mean, he literally yeah, grins yeah. through it, and there's some really good of. Cocky moments. If that's what you like for your Tom Cruise, then I think that you'll be happy with the the cocky quotient in this movie as well. But like John Hamm is kind of pitch perfect. A lot of the people in it, Miles Teller is kind of reminds you how, how you know engaging he can be. Um, there's really not any underrated. Th there aren't really any false notes in it in terms of the way that it's made and the way that it's pulled off. And mm -hmm. I, I stress that you do feel the. The, the attempt to do as little as, as possible with like green screens and digital stuff. There's, there's, you know, there is something physical about this movie yeah. that, that feels different. So. Love um, it. Yeah. That's really cool. I, I, f I follow the Dolby um, YouTube and I know that in a couple of weeks, they normally, it normally, they normally wait a little bit, but they typically will have somebody from the studio that helped create the sounds of the movies God, that stuff is so engaging. Um, I can't wait to see how the sound design was done for that movie. Because it just, I mean, just watching the trailer, it sounds insane. It looks insane. They put IMAX cameras on the jets. What? Yeah, I was listening to a, a podcast the other day uh, with a director. And they were talking about mm -hmm. how they basically had this new model of, like, cameras that are able to film IMAX quality um, footage. And they basically like met with the military and like basically him and the cinematographer were like going through the plane and saying like, what parts can we take out? Like what part does not have to oh. be in here for the plane to fly? And they like basically disassembled the plane as much as they could without affecting its functionality. And they basically mounted six or seven of these cameras all over the inside of the jet. And 
you know, catching the skyline, catching the face, you know, full on sides, all these different angles. And like, basically the actors, Tom Cruise, whoever, whoever's in the, you know, these scenes, I haven't seen it yet, but I mean, like from what they described, the actors, specifically Tom Cruise, when they'd go out and shoot this footage, they would basically have the ability when they were flying these planes to trigger the cameras, like to turn them on. And that's how they were able to capture all of that footage in flight with, you know, tons of different coverage, you know, more than ever really has been done in flight before. I think he said because of how small the cameras are and they can like remotely trigger them. And it's just I mean, yeah, that kind of stuff is just mind blowing to me. Yeah, like that oh, that wow. stuff and the, the craft of this movie, I think, is something that a lot of people has been talking about. Um, like the direction and just like the footage and like you said, Ron, the sound design and mixing. There's just the, the the trailer itself for me was just like an exciting thing to see in a theater. Like I remember I saw a movie in Dolby in one of the Dolby houses and the trailer for Top Gun Maverick, even in that house, was like just like amazing. Right, so I mean, yeah. I just I just I'm, I'm very excited to go see it. I'm going to definitely see it in Dolby, hopefully this week or this weekend um, at one of the theaters here that has a Dolby house. And then uh, definitely would be excited to talk more about it once we've all seen it. Yeah. That's cool. I'm rooting for um, John Hamm, man. I'm rooting for him. I, I, this feels like a legit movie that's gonna take him. I know it sounds weird, but he's maybe not in a lot of good maybe, movies, man. man. Well, he's this it's, is it. It's funny that he's as big as he is without being big. You know what yeah. I mean? No, like, totally. Yeah. And that yeah. Don Draper is such a huge thing, but it's almost like yeah. a brand name you can't you can't really roll forward with because. Yeah. I don't know how many people that love that show even spent that much time noticing how good his performance really was. It was more that he mm. became kind of a sex symbol, it seemed like. <laughs> um, and I, I think Fletch, I think that sounds really promising for him because that's going to give him a chance to be funny and play, you know, the sexy side of his comedy, right. but also like, you know, so he can bring along some of those people that like the looks of him and do something that plays into that side that we like to see as him showing up and, you know, be, being willing to play with all these com comedians and stuff. But yeah. this, this role is maybe not going to make him over in people's eyes, but I think because it's such a big mainstream down the middle movie and he's got this very he he very recognizably plays that sort of you know stern disapproving sort of character who who i don't know you, 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 they, there's always a few surprises in a movie like this as far as how different people break uh but there aren't really good guys and bad guys necessarily in the military organization of of this world it's really more about okay. like who's going to rise to the top you know so it's oh, okay. an interesting place That's cool. to to put it well, even even as far as the, I guess Top Gun was the same way. It's like unnamed yeah. adversaries, kind of. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Cool. <clears throat> All right. Um. So yeah, Top Gun Mavericks in theaters. I plan to see it. Ronald plans to see it. Hopefully, we'll talk about it more soon. And if you, um, if anyone can find the Top Gun Steverick uh, filter, if anyone can like <laughs> develop that or find that, uh, I want I want to run that on the movie when I watch it. There, we, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Ronald, why don't you talk to us about the first uh, three episodes of The Boys? Yes, season dropping out today. Okay. Um. Yeah, man. So The Boys is opening with its three episodes, which is very promising. They're all about an hour long, so you get three hours of The Boys, and this is a cool sort of place that everybody's in because the theme of this season is basically like uh, at some point fighting. The people you supposedly dislike or the enemy, do you then become that person to defeat them? You know, whether that's a good yeah, guy yeah. or a bad guy or, you know, it's 
it's a really cool um concept it's it's uh as disgusting and weird as you can get the first the season <laughs> opener starts on something i've never seen in my life and i don't know if i ever want to see it again uh it'll hurt you watching it um but mm. yeah man like there's an introduction they they talk about a little bit in the trailer of a character named soldier boy that disappeared um under strange circumstances that jensen and, ackles yeah yeah and What's happening is that people are trying to figure out where Soldier Boy is. Where is Soldier Boy? He's clearly Captain America, uh, and a, and, a, and a mixture of a couple other characters. But he he's like Captain America and Bucky combined, definitely okay. like the Winter Soldier. But he also has a he was the Captain America of his time. But the cool part about it is when he comes to the present. This is what you want to see from that sort of character. He he's not like Captain America, who's like, "What's your pronouns?" Captain America would say that. This guy's like, "I don't I don't care what you're doing. This is weird to me." He's a lot of that. It's really cool to see how you think a person would actually react if they were to be frozen in the past and come to the present. So there's a lot of that. So the first three episodes are kind of building up to that. I'm picturing, um, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm picturing a, a, just a bit more racism out of this guy. Yeah. You you know what's funny? That you think that, that he, he says a couple things kind of in passing, mm -hmm. but he's more sexist than anything. Okay. And, and All more right. like, he's like very pansy, like, shut up, pansy. And, you know, okay. all, yeah. other words that yeah. I would not say. He's right. more of that. Less racism. Um, but yeah, and, you know, we, we get some answers to some of the characters that, were very mysterious in the previous seasons. Mm -hmm. A very fleshing out of a character that uh, we have no idea about in the previous two seasons, and that's all I'll say. But it's really good, and I think that everybody's going to be really up for it, especially, you know, this is no knock to DC or Marvel, but if you, if you want to see something a little more cagey, a little more mm -hmm. gross, a little more, you know, poop and shit, you know, poop, piss, and poop humor, <laughs> dicks, dick jokes, and things like that. Look no further than the boys. I think you'll be very entertained. So, how great is it that that show exists, right? Like, and that it's in its third season, and it just continues to ramp up. Like it's just like it, off the rails. It, it feels goes. like it shouldn't exist. It feels right. like, it's like you're encouraging exist. them. It's like if they yes, go as crazy yes, as they know. did in season one of that show, and people love right. it, and they don't get run out of town. It's like, oh, you mean we can keep doing this? And then you do season two and people like it even more. And it's like, well, now we know not only have we been encouraged, yes. but we know that the very thing that like that we're that we could push further is like the mark of this show. And I think you can't have that without the wave of sort of I mean, I think the the, the variety of different styles of superhero stories that we can get right now is an yeah. indication of, yes, we may end up burning out at some point, but it's yeah. also an indication of you can already get so much different stuff. And maybe it's because of the huge yeah. success of the MCU that you can have a show like this that is such a bleak satire and people are willing to go there with it 
because they can get their vanilla or or you know kind of like reliable superhero kicks somewhere else that yeah. this is like the show that is all the jokes you make in your head when you're watching some superhero thing that you're you know that you are just imagining well what what if someone did this well they would never do that what if someone did this they would never do that the boys is like all that they would never do that <laughs> <Yes>. stuff. <laughs> yeah you're absolutely right man like there's a, there's a lot of that in this in this season there's like you know, if I was watching a Marvel movie, Captain America would never do this. But right. Soldier Boy is like, nah, I'm going to do this twice. Right. You know, it's, it's 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 pretty interesting. So, yeah, I I'd say that this one really does flesh out a lot of the characters. I mean, it really gets to like the the motivations of a lot of the characters, and you really get to see what moves people. Actually, yeah. there's two characters that they really flesh out, so you really get to see the motivations of two characters that we really don't know much about, um, which is cool. So yeah, I'd suggest watch it as soon as you can, you know, and hopefully within the next couple of weeks after this this three airs, we'll be talking about it a little more. Man, we're gonna yeah. be, you know, maybe doing a weekly analysis of each episode after that so yeah we can do a little weekly check-in that'll be fun yeah that'll be fun man it's, it's it's also interesting to talk about the boys like because i think giving the acknowledgement to the series and the showrunners everybody involved with it as mm. like at for for what it means to amazon you know what i mean like what this yeah. show is for that streaming service um, you know, it's not only one of the biggest, you know, hits of, well, the, well, season two specifically, like I can remember reading that fall, like, you know, when it was really hitting big, uh, in 2020 that like, you know, it was like the highest rated show on IMDb that year, like beating things like the Mandalorian. And it was like mm. the first non Netflix show to crack the Nielsen weekly ratings, you know, right. for the streaming, you know, services and, you know, while it didn't top that list, I don't I don't think it ever made it to the top of the list. Maybe it did, but it was very high on that list. And that's something that Amazon hasn't really been able to replicate, you know, and it this yeah. is a, like a true standout for that service. Now they're yeah. trying to do, you know, big, huge, massive shows that they have coming on yeah. the pipeline now. So it'll be curious and interesting to see, you know, how those shows compare to what the boys season three does because it kind of would allow us to kind of really differentiate between, you know, name brand IP and just like a really great developed show that they kind of made on their own. Um, yeah. Because I think the boys is like a tried and true hit, no matter where it would be, I think it would be a, a big hit, but for yeah. Amazon to have it, to be in the third season and if for it to seem like the show just keeps getting better. I think it's a really shining thing for like, a, it's a nice shiny thing for Amazon and, mm. um, yeah, I can't wait to watch. Uh, I can't wait to watch the season. So yeah, you know, it, it, it has Game of Thrones energy to me, like yeah. because Game of Thrones, even though it was a sincere and sometimes over, like it got maybe for some people it was a little too long and drawn out and too too much of what it was, which is like a, a genuine fantasy tale. But there's a little bit right. of like this is the fantasy tale with the with the shitting and fucking and killing <laughs> left in. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. it's like the antidote in a way to the typical fantasy fair so there was a little bit of a this is there's something kind of subversive about this i feel like uh, the boys has that kind maybe not quite that that level of acclaim that like a true prestige hbo series has but i'm just saying as far as like okay everyone knows about superhero movies and stories so they're willing to hang in there for a really dark satire of it and yeah. 
that you feel a little bit like, oh, I'm watching this show to see how fucked up it might get or to see where they right, might yeah. take it. And I'm kind of expecting it to not resolve itself, even if it has a quote unquote happy ending or like the right person gets messed up. It's yeah. like, it's not going to be delivered the same way that you would get in all these countless other things. So in some ways, yeah. it feels like it's got that sort of, like you said, Steve, it's like only on Amazon can you get this particular yeah. flavor that we are yeah. we're giving you. Yeah. And, and they have That's smaller really cool. versions of that, but maybe this is one of their bigger shows. <clears throat> yeah. That, yeah, it definitely is. Um, all right. Let's, uh, speaking of big shows, let's talk about uh, the new season of Stranger Things on Netflix. Um, talking about shows that are like marquee shows for a platform or for a streaming service. Um, I don't know that there's probably a bigger one for Netflix than Stranger Things. And, you know, with it being on its second to last season, this is volume one of season four, which came out. This past Friday, um, the first seven episodes of the of the fourth season have come out and they've labeled that volume one. Um, they're available now streaming at your disposal uh, on Netflix uh, to note, We were talking about this a little bit before we started recording. What's interesting about uh, this season of, the, of Stranger Things, um, not not even just the fact that volume one is seven episodes and volume two, which comes out in July, uh, is only two episodes. But all of the episodes of this season are, I, I want to say all of them, are over an hour and 10 minutes each. And the finale of the season is is reported as being two and a half hours long. Um, so what seems like it could have been a longer season episode-wise, you know, is only a total of nine. But it's it does seem like, and, and Ronald, I know you haven't watched any of it yet, so we're not going to go too much into, or really at all into any spoilers. Um, maybe we can talk about it a little later. Um, but for me watching where I'm at so far in volume one, it does seem like that the length of the episodes seem to be serving like the story points in each one. Like it doesn't seem, mm. it, it seems like that they, they each have like very nice cutoff points, you know, yeah. is there stuff that could be cut out? I'm sure. But I mean, like, I'll never say give me less stranger things personally. Right. Um, it'll always be more and more and more. So I, I'm excited. I'm watching these episodes that are an hour, you know, in 20 minutes. Um, I think the season or the volume one finale, which is episode seven, I want to say that's like an hour and a half long. That's the one that I haven't watched yet. I'm on episodes. I just finished episode six. But um, I don't know. What do you guys We We chatted a little bit at the at, before we started recording about this topic. But I mean, what do you think of the whole breaking it into two volumes like they did for Ozark? What do you think of the whole you know, having seven and two or these, these episode lengths being so heavily reported on um, John having seen it, Ronald having not watched any of it yet. What does that sound like to you? Like, what, what do you think the motivation is? And do you think this is a, a good decision uh, for Netflix to continue to do with, with, with one of their final last marquee shows from the beginning of this, of this platform? John, didn't you have a theory? I feel like you had a. Well, I, I, it's I, it's like more of it's it's barely it's a hypothesis, but I mean it's mm. barely it's just kind of taking what we know and and saying why might they be doing it the way they're doing it. I think mm, that right. we talked about this in relation to many shows about why they break the last season up. I think that's different mm. from what we're talking about right here. What we're talking about here is why would a streamer like Netflix that can do the, and, and often does the binge model, drop them all at once, and has a show like Stranger Things that people think of maybe as a binge show. Like I think a lot of the cult of this show was started because 
you could watch that first episode and then it was so addictive you could roll into the next and right. then by the time everybody was you know home for the weekend somebody in the house was saying you know we got to watch is this and I'll go I'll watch the first two again because I want everybody to start with me you know it's like there was this yeah, feeling yeah. of like it spread and I think that I think Stranger Things, I know that we've all sort of bent back towards the, the weekly model. We can see how well that works for certain things. And I think for certain shows, it does work better to let you simmer and think about things. But Stranger Things to me feels like, I always, it's like a, it's like a Stephen King book. If I've got time, I might, I might read all weekend, you know? So I kind of think that the binge model works for Stranger Things, but I also think they want to have that conversation last a little bit longer. So to me, it seems like this is a very calculated move with this with this show, a long-awaited installment of this show, to just push that anticipation out a little bit longer. Maybe everybody gets on the... Maybe they have some research that shows that everyone will kind of be on the same page as though this was a weekly show, in a way, between now and July 1st when it comes back. And then, like, oh, yeah, everyone realizes the new Stranger Things is out. More people have had time to catch up with it. And then you drop the final episodes, and it's a little bit more like the way you normally have to wait for a, a final episode for a season. Even critics sometimes don't get uh, finale episodes, you know, in advance. Yeah. And so it feels yeah. like and and you haven't seen all the way to the end yet, Steve, and I don't want to say anything about where the plot is, but where they leave things at the end of episode seven, it is a good, okay, now I kind of know what everybody's doing, and yet nothing that feels too climactic has happened yet. And okay. so it, I could believe that the next two episodes are where the chips start falling and the story starts resolving and you start seeing like that big question you have with this show, not that it's all about who dies, but this show's mean. And it, you know, a show like this saying we're getting close to the end and they've added characters every season, including this season, you know, you're going to, you're going to hurt. I think preserving the moment of how, how does this show hurt you? So that even people that are going to watch it all in one weekend and binge it as soon as they can, we don't know yet what's going to happen at the end of this season. So we don't, ha you know, th there's now a month of people that can hype this show, but still nobody knows what happens yet, you know, whereas mm. normally you don't have that if you've gone ahead and given it to this, to everybody. So I kind of feel like when the finale episodes drop in a, in, in a month or so, there's going to be this general excitement about where this story's going. Because I'm telling you, this the seven episodes I saw this last weekend is one of the better episodes of television or seasons of television that I've seen in a while. I love, I love oh, Stranger wow. Things season four. I think it is just top it's notch. A, it's incredible. It's I like, wow. we watched a few episodes like in a row the first night and it was like, holy crap, how did four and a half hours go by? You know, <laughs> but, but okay. honestly, like I didn't even think about it. Like I didn't even like, yeah. I didn't even second guess a moment because it even even though they're longer episodes like i said before i mean the first thing i notice is that i do feel like they're very well paced i mm -hmm. feel like the the balancing act of all these characters <clears throat> and it's no spoiler because it's in the trailer but the fact that characters are spread out you know geographically spread out and you know functionally in the story purposing and storytelling are spread out across the country yeah. across the world and I, I i think they're doing an incredible job so far um in kind of that balancing act of the characters that are paired off with one another in whatever location they're in with whatever purpose they have to serve for getting to or funneling in to whatever, you know, comes to the end of this season. Um, and when we finally get volume two, but it's just a lot of the same greatness with this show for me. And I mean, I say to you guys all the time and I feel like a broken record, but like, I get so excited when anything happens for stranger things. Cause I, it's legitimately like one of my favorite shows of all time. Like easily top three for me. I don't know where it sits in there, but I feel like just consistently 
every season has been great in my opinion. And you know, this season so far, it might be the best one. I don't know. Like it, it's, it's so good because the characters that I love for so long are getting so much better with every episode. And some characters that didn't get a lot to do in past seasons are getting a ton to do in this season. Um, like John said, new characters being introduced. They do such a great job at introducing new characters in this show. Um, you immediately get to know who they are. You immediately start to care about them. Um, just like we did like before when we first met Max in past seasons. And now she's a major character in this season. Like she is a, a, a like a, maybe one of the most important characters of this season. Mm-hmm. And the way they handle her character um, and specifically in episode four, which is I think is one of the best episodes of the whole series. Um, and uh, I can't wait for you to watch that one, Ronald, because I'd love to hear what you think about specifically episode four. It's called Dear Billy. Um, okay. Man, this show is just perfect perfection to me. Um, it still oh, wow. has that magic of being able to like. It's weird because we talk about this and like it, it makes me upset a little bit because I feel like it does burn so bright so quick. And, mm. you know, that's the kind of the downside of the Netflix binge model. And maybe like John's right. I think, you know, the idea that they're holding the last two. So like no one can really spoil anything for anybody just yet, you know, and then you can consume them hopefully together as a, as, as, as a communal experience that weekend that they come out in July and everybody would know how this season ends. And I think that's a kind of interesting option. Um, it's obviously also two different fiscal quarters for subscriber counts. Like there's definitely a lot of motivations in doing this, but just where I can kind of feel like the story's going, it's just a really exciting uh, way to do it. And I think it still manages to do that thing that the show has done really every season where they have that like pop culture moment too. You know, what it's doing for um, the Kate Bush single, you know, on iTunes, you know, which it does every season for some big song from the from the time, you know, it's 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 that show still. And it, and it will be that show while it's around. And I think it's something that I just really appreciate and I value the show. Um, and I just, I just love the, the characters in the show so much. And like John said, I'm so... I'm so, so worried about what's happening to some of these characters. Um, but I know it, it's something's going to happen. And I, and I love the show for that because as, as the show has aged, the characters have aged. And, you know, that's what a lot of people are talking about. You know, the big gap in, in terms of the seasons, they definitely have all aged up quite a bit. Um, but I think the show rolls with that and acknowledges that and uses that a lot, I think, to really great effect. And, um, you know, as the seasons have gone on, I, I love how the show has gotten darker and scarier and um, more serious. And, you know, the, the 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 violence and the deaths are are much more intense. You know, uh, I, did we talk about this where they said that when the show started, there was like the two different levels of the show. There was like the Steven Spielberg Goonies yeah, level yeah. of the kids. And then there was the teens who were in more of a horror scenario. Right. They said right. now there's no Goonies level to the show. Everybody's aged up into the horror right. level. And so it's the, so true. Like the youngest characters that we're following, it no longer seem like they have any, not that necessarily kids seem to have armor on this show. That's one of the things this show did very early on was, was, was I won't say, just in case someone's totally unspoiled. Um, there's a character that dies early on in season one of Stranger Things that became kind of an emblem of like, oh, the sort of innocent character that might go on this show, which puts yeah. it in line with horror, you know? And I think that's the thing that makes this show so special, probably to you, Steve, but I know to me is that it adds that, like, I've always thought that 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 place where adventure and horror intersect is so fun and exciting. And this show really does take that sort of 
adventure you thought you could have when you were a kid with your friends that you could imagine actually happening. And it just goes into that, that, that scary place so easily and so smoothly. And now that they're in season four, the tone of it, they've really got it down. And I don't know what the writing situation was. Maybe they had more time to work on the scripts because of different delays or what happened. This season was already going to be delayed. Like there was already going to be a year without Stranger Things. And then all this other stuff has happened. It just feels like they really had time. I've had my... I've had the same thought with uh, this last season of Better Call Saul that's that's uh, in, that's right now taking a, a mid-season break. Right, right. Um, where I just think you can feel the extra time that they had to work on this thing. And I would even say the longer episodes on Stranger Things, the fact that it is kind of in my mind kind of a binge show, I don't really notice episodes as much. But I think you're right, Steve. They have gotten to the point where when an episode ends, it's punctuating some major uh, story point or something. Yeah. And also that... The slowed pace, maybe that you might say they the, the kind of generous pace they're giving these episodes. If they do slow it down a little bit, it's often that you get something. You're getting a little cinematic moments uh, yeah. back into this thing, and it reminds me again of the filmmaking on a show like Better Call Saul, where you might follow a character for a minute, not knowing exactly who you're looking at, just looking at the 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 shoulder of their suit or their hand or something. I just think there are moments on this show that stretch out to do something visually interesting uh, that I don't know if people are giving it credit for just that level of craft that it, yeah. that it has. So, and the character combinations, you kind of alluded to this, Steve, there's some really fun breakdowns of who's with who on the adventure and like the kind of friendships that are forming, um, especially with some of the newer characters. It's great to see uh, just certain characters interacting and you don't realize how much you look forward on this show to characters, but being in the same room again or getting to bounce off of each other again. Yeah can't wait for you to watch it ronald i i, I want to talk more but i don't want to yeah. i don't want to spoil yeah, anything I, for I, you yeah it's it's a little crazy because to be completely honest we never talked about this season three kind of lost me a little bit and i thought that it was just me but then i asked aaron if she wanted to like see it and she's just like uh oh, you know we kind of felt the same way towards the end of season three didn't mean it was bad it just there's this crazy momentum that the first two seasons had. That I was just like, holy shit. And the third one felt like a little different. I was well, like, totally Ronald, little- I would say this. I enjoyed season three, but I wanted to add to this, that if people were left a little cold by season three, to me, this season feels like it's back in the zone okay. of the first two so, seasons so that's, a little bit. I, I honestly I think- do think it's it's back in the zone. I, I don't, it didn't lose me, but I do think season three had a kind of different feel. Like yeah. they were stretching out and trying different things. And yeah, I think this season feels a little bit more like they're reminding you of a lot of these key parts of the lore and key parts of the mythology. Um, yeah. so, so I don't know. I would say if season three felt a little bit less your bag, this one is a little bit more in that. It's just it's just scary. Yeah. And and like Steve said, it's very violent. <laughs> Some of the worst stuff you ever it's see exciting. happen to anybody on this show coming this year. So it's extreme. Yeah, I'm excited, man. Like, And, and what's even better, I mean, I don't know how she's going to feel about this, but like, I'm trying to watch shit in my, my new setup before when the, when the show ended we were in a totally different place i have this yeah, new yeah, setup yeah. i'm like i want to watch it downstairs and she's like oh <laughs> well we're gonna bring the baby down I'm like bring the baby down that's she that likes a perfect impression of aaron that's exactly what she sounds like the baby <laughs> loves stranger things <laughs> what are you gonna do <laughs> she's been watching movies <laughs> As as they Steve do, and John, Steve and John, the strangest thing in the world, the strangest thing I've seen <laughs> is how over the last month and a half, Zuri's legitimately watching TV. Like it's it's gone from like 
you know, like a little glance to her, like leaning on Aaron, holding her hand and like looking at the TV. When a funny part comes up, she goes, <laughs> like, it's very <laughs> weird. I don't know what, I, I don't know how she's processing it, but she's been laughing and making noises at parts where you're supposed to laugh and make noise. So uh, it's a little strange. So she's halfway <laughs> to being able to replace you on this show. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Maybe maybe that's our out at 350. We just get her in here, <laughs> shake it up, and uh, we can officially continue. Bring in that all would our be kids. Hilarious, Bring in all our kids. <laughs> yeah, we just we just let it go, but we put the kids in. Yeah, and yeah. we just replace it out. I'd watch the <clears throat> hell out of that. I yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of things I gotta watch the hell out of. <laughs> <laughs> a I Disney like Plus is Obi Wan yeah. Kenobi. Uh, Disney Plus, yeah. Oh, what a victory! It's it. Isn't it the most watched yeah. opener for a TV show that they put out? Yep, that's an yep. incredible accomplishment, man. And I yeah. think some of it is, to be completely honest, this is nostalgia done right. You know, it's it's like we really have wondered about certain aspects of older IP. Yeah. Um, and it's leveraging it in a way that didn't feel like it was being too exploitative. You know, I mean, you know, to some people, the prequels felt very exploitative. Let's put it like that. It has been a general thing that I, I think has been a little too tough. I think they've been a little too tough on the prequels. I think we need to dial that back a little bit because at the time everybody wasn't talking like that let's let's just be honest well they mean something Internet, different to different generations i think right yes you know, it like, does it really does but finding this intersectionality between old ip and you know the way that the pacing of you know mandalorian really set a standard for star wars stuff people are like oh shit everything's gonna be like this you know this quality good dialogue good acting um beautiful and, you know, this kind of felt like it was like we skipped over Boba Fett. Let's say like skip over it a little bit. And then we're getting something that feels like is of the same quality or if not greater the Mandalorian, which is which is very promising. And to see you and McGregor back and, you know, the, it was mysterious as well. Like we didn't know what, what it was going to cover. And with. Honestly, these first two episodes that premiered uh, a week ago, I can honestly say I'm just going to come in hot and say, God damn, man, it wasn't perfect, but it was it felt like perfection. You know, it felt like right. special and oh, my God, like I, I need to know what's going to happen next. Um, you and McGregor on the screen. I don't know how he got more handsome. I don't know how that happened. I think that's I what like I texted. I, I think yeah. that's what I texted you guys. Is Ewan McGregor is so handsome. <laughs> like, yeah. He looks, him, he looks great look with the beard. Prequels. And and I, I know the joke is how does he look like Alec Guinness in 10 years of story time. But I, yeah. I think the desert can do awful things to a man. Yeah, so I'm, sure. I'm, I'm willing yeah, to believe yeah. it. But... But yeah, Maybe the force can too. No, his star power is is similar to. I, I remember feeling when when we watched the first two episodes of Moon Knight, and I was like, "Yep, they did a smart thing in sort of bringing the level of this show up to the sort of cinematic project that you would think a prominent yeah. actor who doesn't need to do this kind of thing. Like, why would mm. someone? Why would Ewan McGregor come back to do more Obi Wan? Well, obviously, I think there's a couple things going on there, <laughs> but I, I, I mean, probably they paid him pretty well. But also, I think yeah. he's got a certain idea in his head of he would like to play Obi Wan in a thing that maybe would be regarded more, more properly in his mind. Absolutely. I think I think everybody who worked right. on the prequels 
both thinks, yeah, these were weird to work on and they came out weird, but also they want to say, did you really dislike them that much? Did you really hate it that much when we jumped around with lightsabers and we tried to give you what you wanted? So I kind (laughs) of think that like, there's a little bit of an attempt to, to, to redeem the prequels in some way, whether I think that's necessarily something that needs to be done or not. Uh, What you said, Steve, about different generations, like when The Force Awakens came out, it was very implicit. This is meant to get Star Wars fans who were left up left behind by the prequels or thought they weren't great and maybe hasn't followed all this other the cartoons and stuff this is meant to get those uh, original star wars fans back in the fold now that doesn't mean yeah, yeah. the oldest people but it does mean if maybe the original trilogy were your favorite star wars movies the the new trilogy that came out was kind of a nostalgia plea to those people come back to star wars you know sure, um yeah. all the disney plus shows have had different degrees of that i said member berries with top gun but there's a lot of member berries with star wars you know there's a lot yeah. of like shots that are meant to remind you of other things and scenes that are meant to remind you i think that what you said ronald though is is the main thing there is that they actually found a story point that you might have wondered about that when you think about yeah. it it's kind of moving to picture like okay what is obi-wan what is his state of mind like at the end of revenge yeah. of the sith because that's a downer ending yeah yeah and and that's 20 years until he basically, as far as we knew, until he comes out of hiding in A New Hope and then dies. Spoilers for A New Hope, everybody. Um, I think that that's a that's a legitimate storytelling question that I'm interested yeah. to find out. I, I was so in that sense, I was with you, Ronald. I was like sucking it up, you know. I was like, oh my god, they're they're just letting me linger on this mood of being broken and put out, and you know, uh, maybe it's a thing that Jedi do. Like Yoda's off in a swamp licking his wounds. We know that later on, Luke goes off and decides yeah. he's more of a threat than a help. Um, mm. It's part of that whole thing of maybe the Jedi weren't these amazing swashbuckling heroes that we thought they were, but I think Obi-Wan is the one, he's the one that we all still thought was the best of them, you know? So seeing him kind of broken, it does have some kind of weight to it. I've heard people talk about that refusal of the call. That's a part of the so-called hero's journey. There's a lot of refusal of the call in this, which is when someone comes to you with your mission and then you say you don't want to do it and then you end up doing it anyway, Um, you know? I think there is a little bit of like that stuff feeling cliche, and there's even a, a, a you know younger version of a character that we meet in this show that I would have thought on paper I didn't need to see, but so much of it has been like pulled off charmingly, and like yeah. I enjoy seeing this younger version of this character. It actually made me emotional to think, oh my gosh, this person was always the way they were, you know, and, yeah, and that yeah. got me. I don't know, it really got me. I feel like this show has me in the feels. Um, I did say when the credits went up on the second of the two episodes that we've seen. Oh, that's hands down my favorite Star Wars show so far. <laughs> I think you can. We, so I don't. I don't. I don't like to be hyperbolic. There are moments no, 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 no. of Mandalorian with him and Grogu. Um, uh, I said Grogu like there was some kind of supposed to roll the R. Um, but like I don't know. I I think there is something special about that show and that relationship as depicted on that show. But as yeah, far yeah. as the storytelling and like I said, a piece of the story I'm actually curious about. Um, the Obi-Wan thing, it's just, it's just kind of got me. And, and again, all oh, these yeah. things together, the star power, the sort of, you feel like everybody involved is trying to make it a little bit different. Yeah. And, and even if they are working overtime to redeem the prequels, I like, like where the, where the second of the two episodes ends, the point it ends with is a fucking exciting as hell story point to ponder, which is yeah. like what happens when Obi-Wan finds out about certain things and what might be coming for him. Uh, you know, it's, it's like as a Star Wars fan since I was a kid, this is good Star Wars stuff. This is like the kind of stories that I used to think about, you know. So so bring it on. Yeah. It's yeah. It's interesting to think about how much Star Wars has changed. Like we're talking about these trilogies yeah. in films. Yeah. And it's it's kind of wild to think about how much 
Star Wars has pivoted and in some ways is now like a TV show franchise um, and, until we get another Star Wars movie, which I think they said is supposed to be the Taika uh, film. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with you both. I feel like, yeah, not perfect, but it did feel great to watch it. And I can't wait to watch more of it. You know, I, I think yeah. the main key, the, the main thing is you and McGregor. I think, you know, yeah. um, outside of the characters that, you know, you wanted to see more of, you, you know, were definitely the bright spots of the prequel uh, trilogy and to be able to see him, you know, be that character again and explore that character again and maybe fill some of those gaps um, between the franchise, uh, between the trilogies is, is I, I think it'll be a really exciting series. And I think, you know, being, I think it's only six episodes long. So I'm kind of curious what they try to pace out and do. Yeah. Um, in this season and who knows what, you know, what, what comes, you know, from here, but I mean, also the Vader of it all, I think is just super exciting too. And, you know, talk about redemption and I think for Hayden Christensen to be involved with it again and, and to see him so like happy about it. Like I, I it makes me so happy to see yeah. that. Cause he definitely yeah. got the short, like one of the, he, of, you know, he definitely got a short end uh, of that deal. Uh, you know, I think, yeah. you know, un, un, unnecessarily in a lot of ways, I don't think a lot of, I don't think he was a lot of the problem, you know, for that character in the yeah. prequel trilogy. You know, a lot of that was, you know, the script and the direction, you know, a lot of that stuff was more to blame, I think. So it's exciting to see, you know, him to be able to come back to the fold and, you know, kind of bring more to that character, um, maybe what he had hoped to do more in the past. But so, yeah, I don't know that 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 whole piece of it um, is great. And did you guys watch the third episode yet? Oh, no. Yes. Okay, yeah, because yeah, they come out. They, they they come out on Wednesdays. So see, I um, I, I did not. Uh, yeah. I did not know. I was just. I was John. just as you were just the uttering third, those words. Say, the, the, the third episode John. is where it's at, John. Um, you gonna shit your pants? Talking, okay, if you're talking that high about episode two. You you might shit your pants, like Ronald said. Um, <laughs> you might, well, I'm and, talking specifically about where episode two ends. Is I, where, I understand. Yeah, yeah. I understand, but yeah, I'm talking specifically you. where episode three ends because <laughs> I think I think John's gonna you know you're gonna love this third episode, John. But okay. I, I only say just because of I'm trying to say like you see a lot more of Obi Wan and a lot more of Darth Vader, and you're just like like you said, this is something you wanted to see more of. Yeah. And the fact that you're getting it in the third episode of six, you're just like, okay, I got three more episodes of this. And I'm just yeah. like, bring it on. Cause I want it now. Yeah. I was thinking if, if they're doing this again, like you said, if they're doing this in the third episode, what I can't, right. I, I, they made a choice, John, they made a choice. And I'm just very surprised that they made it this early. And I, and I, I think that speaks to the confidence of the show. Um, you know, introducing new characters uh, that just feel so like a part of the world. I mean, I, I don't know. I think lit. <laughs> just because. <'cause> <laughs> but I mean, I like. Uh, yeah, and, I like that, and you know right? about well, we all like. <laughs> well, I was gonna. I almost mentioned a character who who dies in the second episode as a character that I was sort of. The, if I had a complaint, there was a there was somebody who went out in that episode that I thought was handled very much. Like every now and then, Star Wars will have to get rid of a character in a quick way, and it feels yeah. like what. 
They got people. They made an action figure and a character poster and put that in the trailers. And that actor had to come and do press and all that. And that's all that they get to do. You know, sometimes you yeah. you do sense that. And I think sometimes in a hurry to create a surprising moment as to like, well, who's the real bad guy here? They will they will do something rather sudden that feels kind of blamp blamp. Um, but yeah. I think that's just that's just part of Star Wars at this point. It happens yeah. sometimes in Marvel movies too, where a char- they they have to give a character a send off, and there's no room to do anything particularly elegant with it. And and you just yeah. think like, how would I like to be that actor who yeah. you know, got to be in Star Wars for five minutes? <laughs> but <laughs> I, I guess it's kind of like Rogue One though. Like the idea, Rogue One really got me like uh, very comfortable with the idea that like. I mean, I guess this is like for anything, you know, there are all these pieces that make things work, you know, when, when historically, even like obviously real life things, the person that helped do this one thing led to this yeah. where a person got free to go to, you yeah. know, yeah. you know, you don't think about these cogs in the, in the, the, the machine that makes this thing work. And I think that Star Wars is kind of started to acknowledge that there's, there's those pieces more like there's. Let's 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 give some character to this person that does this one thing that helps a person get to a place. And, you know, it's just I, I, I've loved that. I've really loved that. And, and like I said, Rogue One really got me really familiar with that more. Like, you know, it's it's been yeah. a part of the stories, but really to give these characters depth along the way really helps you understand how big the mission is, you know, how big the mission is to get, you know, whatever it is at that given sure, time. I don't sure. want to say, uh, but yeah, I, I, I love that. You got me thinking about it more. Like, you know, the characters that show up for one second, it's almost like he was like, do I get to do something really cool and important? But but does it feel like it's important? See, I feel like what well, I, I feel like you're talking about a different thing, though. I love the idea of giving character to people who have a small part to play. I'm talking about yeah. having things that you sort of don't need and you can't really use, and like, it, oh, you could have had that happen in a cooler way. That's all I'm saying. Right, is right, that like if yeah, if if I, I if, if almost if half the characters that get that die die in an offhand way, then that feels a little bit like. It's again. I, if I were going to criticize this kind of storytelling, I would say, oh, mm. the, the the characters aren't like who? What was the deal with that guy? Oh, there really wasn't a deal with that guy. Oh, okay. Mm. You know what I mean? I think that's the. I that's think it's the just problem. Gives a stepping stone. It's yeah. a, but 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 a stepping stone that's well delivered and handled well. I think I go, oh, cool. That was a surprise. But when it's a little bit like what that person was supposed to be a badass and that's how they went out. I think if you do that too often, then it kind of becomes, like I said, like you really are trying to create action figures and not mm. like you're doing what you're talking about, Ronald, which is doing real characters because there's another character that's in the first couple episodes. I don't know if they're in the third. You guys now have more information than I do, but there was uh, one of our favorite actors, I would guess, that pops up in the in the first couple episodes that had a, a had a nice role to play sure. given given what the story required of them. And if I never see that character again, I feel like that character is now part of Star Wars. But I can also right, right. see them saying, okay, we cast this person to to use them more. So anyway, yeah, I think I think it's interesting that we're seeing, like you said, that Star Wars has now become a TV show and we're fine with it for the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think uh, one, one thing I wanted to mention was also like, it kind of is the opposite of what you're saying, but as, as a positive, I think for the show, we talked a little bit off, off the podcast about the, 
Moses Ingram's character, who is, you know, there's all this news about how just shitty people are. Yes. And ha- and can't just, you know, let somebody just revel in their success and, you know, be a part of the biggest, one of the biggest franchises ever. And, you know, people are just assholes, basically. Which but, I don't um, fucking understand any, but I don't, I don't understand that reaction yeah. to this show at all. I mean, it's just, right. it's insane. Well, the, my, my point is, is that like she, that character, you know, talking about new additions, I think that's probably the, the highlight of the show so far. Which is like the biggest like shock to me that people would like tear this down like that. Like it's just because people are shitty. Like I get it, but yeah, I just wanted yeah. to acknowledge that I think that that character, you know, uh, what uh, uh, Riva, um, Riva, she like you know, in this, especially in the third episode. Third and I'm not gonna again. That's it. The third episode really is where she really steps up. But I mean, I think you know, introducing a character like that, getting little bits of backstory about you know what the Inquisitors are and the fact that. You know that she was a Jedi, possibly. You know, like the fact that they they make that switch. You know, these are like cool story points that I think are have so far been handled really well. And I think you know that um, as she tries to climb that ladder and you know overstep and bounce over a few people along the way, I think that that character is really interesting to watch. I mean, she's a big part of the trailers. You know, she's a big part of the marketing for this series. So I'm excited to see where that goes. The piece that Ronald. Stopped himself from saying that John's not acknowledged already uh, on the episode. Um, that's a piece that I feel like they didn't do that in the marketing at all. That was snuck up on me. That was hidden entirely. And there were and Kathleen Kennedy specifically said something that I was like, okay, yes. this is never yes. going to happen ever right, again. And right. Then, no, and you're right. She found and a it, loophole, and that's smart. And like works. I think that that's yeah, a works. nice little surprise because on paper, what we were thinking Obi Wan Kenobi would be would. It's good. It's enough. It's it more uh, enough. it got me here, guys. It right, exactly. Here and here, yeah. when I when I realized what I when I realized what who, that does who I was watching and 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 how I was feeling about them, it really got me. And I've yeah, seen people totally. criticize that part of the show. And I guess this is just that that's Star Wars now, where it's like if you're loving it, you're going to see people Someone just else is hating do- it. Yeah. dogging it. But I felt like this worked on me. The the kind of magic of it worked on me. Yeah, and I'm I'm not yeah. looking for plot holes. I'm not looking for like all the ways that 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 nah, that, that, that maybe a line that was said in this movie doesn't seem as accurate because now we're seeing more story i feel like it'll all come out in the wash uh by the I time totally agree. it's all over and i'm fine with i'm fine with a little inconsistency or to say oh the explanation is uh someone w- was remembering that wrong <laughs> 20 <Yeah>. years later <laughs> when they talked about it they've been through a lot they just yeah. misremembered <laughs> um yeah but yeah so yeah we'll, we'll continue to track back with the new episode and, and yeah they come out wednesday so it, you know if, if we check them out we can talk about them pretty timely um yeah you know, if i remember that <laughs> yeah the, the, for the last three episodes. there's so many sh- there's so many shows john i well they specifically so, yeah th- them them making the whole like disney plus stuff change to wednesdays right mm. you know like that was a conscious decision yeah. i think so they could get a bit of a jump on you know the release dates and release schedules for other platforms and i think it's a smart move like ronald said for this to be the biggest disney plus you know original series i think prior it was mandalorian season two um but for it to out- outperform that even um is a huge win for disney and i think across the board everything that we've talked about on this episode whether it was top gun maverick stranger things season four or obi-wan kenobi all three of them set some kind of record, you know, Stranger yeah. Things, yes. the biggest, the biggest launch ever on Netflix, even more than Bridgerton. You That's know, nuts. it's just, you know, and here we go. Disney plus their biggest show ever top gun Maverick, you know, Tom Cruise's biggest movie ever. 
you know, box office record. It's just really cool that there's so much stuff to talk about and that these things are being watched, even though it feels so segmented and there's so much to watch. Mm-hmm. You know, so these, these properties really are things that have eyeballs on them. And, you know, it's really great to be able to talk about it with you guys for sure. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> um, what else? And was there anything else you checked out during the week that you wanted to mention either of you? I'm trying to think if there's anything else I saw. Well, we on this city wrapped up. Oh yes, that 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 finale finally. Yeah, that oh god, that show is so good. Well, the the, the heart of that show, that like the storyline that had me the most emotionally involved was definitely the one that paid off in the most yeah. emotionally devastating way in the For uh, sure. in the finale. But um yeah, that's an interesting, you know. I feel like that's one that just people aren't aren't finding though. You know, it's kind of like the opposite of what I just said unfortunately. It's it's weird. I feel like it's got its it's got its fans and people that are banging the drum for it, but it's just like, I, it seems to have gotten lost a little bit. It's dense. And I think it is kind of complex. And I know that even I found myself having to rewatch sometimes because the yeah. timeline is so, so I think it is like a show you can't just sit down and, and lightly watch that true, show. True. Um, and sometimes I would be watching it thinking if this was told in a more linear way, I wonder if some of the emotional hooks would would draw people to it more so that you have more of kind of a straight like cops and robbers uh, narrative like you had on the wire. But yeah. um, it's got that, it's got, I've heard people refer to it as like um, eat your vegetables television, you know, <laughs> where it's like, it does have a point that it's trying to make. Um, and and so that is worth kind of hanging around for. But I think there was, especially in this, this last episode, there were a couple of scenes that really got me like, okay, I can kind of see where this show has been building towards this moment. And it's, yeah. You know, it reminds me of when something would something would finally happen on the wire that was climactic. How 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 just sudden and 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 shocking it could feel. So, <laughs> but yes, anything David Simon does or anything set in Baltimore will forever be compared to the wire. And I'm sorry, I I can't break out of that either. But yeah, same man, same. <clears throat> yeah, I don't think I actually. I've been so deep in Stranger Things and Obi Wan yeah. and. I think I watched Obi Wan like multiple times because my daughter actually wanted to watch it, so I watched it with. Sue. Oh, that's awesome, <laughs> dude! I, it, it is. I, oh my god, what an awesome thing to to hear my daughter say. Do you want to watch Obi Wan Kenobi? And I'm just like, oh my god, <laughs> Sydney, say it again, and let's go downstairs right now. <laughs> I'm like, wait, so cool. how many times do you want to watch yeah. it? Because I'm ready for at least three. Are you? Are you? Do you have time? <laughs> like she freaking knows the names, and like when I'm telling her that that's Princess Leia. <laughs> that she's like you know she's just like oh my god she to see her eyes light up man that's really cool that that's just the best man uh um yeah but yeah i don't know what we'll, we'll have to see what we got uh on the dock for next week but uh again top gun maverick in theaters stranger things netflix obi-wan kenobi the first two episodes are on disney plus and the boys the three episodes are on amazon yep. right now um of season three so definitely check that out I can't wait to watch them. Actually, I'll probably watch them. We're done recording, hopefully. Yeah, I'll watch Obi-Wan cool. and then I'll watch those. Um, all right, guys. Moviesmovie.com is the website. You can jump into any of the podcast platforms there. Subscribe if you want the audio experience or just listen right there on the website. If you happen to subscribe on any of the platforms, um, if it has an option to review, rate, share, do any of those things for the podcast, take your pick. Anyone would be great. We'd appreciate it if you can share like it, respond with a review, rate it, whatever is available. Um, we thank you in advance for that. Again, I'm not sure what, what, what we're going to talk about next week. Whatever it is, it's going to seem be really something. small compared it'll to be this something. week. <laughs> it'll it'll yeah, be yeah. something for sure. 
Um, and again, YouTube, we have the YouTube channel as well. You can link to that right from the moviespreview.com page as well. Um, if you want to subscribe, make sure you turn on the alerts so you get the weekly alerts once the videos come out. And I guess we'll see you at episode 342. Are you guys good? Yep. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, as always, you've made our day. Thanks. Bye.